You're listening to The Bridge Metro West, located at 7 Strathmore Road in Natick, Massachusetts. For more information about The Bridge Metro West, our weekly Sunday gatherings, and other events, go to www.bridgemetrowest.com. Father, we come before you this morning. All we want, Lord, is your spirit. We pray, dear Father God, that even now, Lord, you speak to your people with might and power, enabling us to draw nearer to you as a result of its proclamation, as a result of the proclamation of your word. Lord, we honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for indulging me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ah, Bridge, it's always great to be here. Um, I know y'all know this. I'm a state district for maybe some of you who don't know this. This is home to us, and we're so grateful to be here. I almost jumped out my chair when Greta said you had company. What is she smoking? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Oh, it was you? It was you? Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> you fixed it. You did. You did. You did. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, Bridge, uh, I happen to be with y'all online on Sunday. And uh, Pastor Dixon dropped some stuff, my people. Whoa. 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 So I, I, I heard the word. I heard. Thank you. I heard the word. And then y'all were here experiencing God move in this place. And I was in my car, boo-hooing. In my car, boo-hooing. And, and it was almost as if, you know, right then and there, the Lord gave me the word for today, for the bridge. And so I had to go do work and pull it together, of course, but I knew where he was going. I knew where he was going. And it was remarkable to hear him tell story after story in the, uh, in the pandemic about what the Lord had done up in Maine. And as he, as he told story after story, and then he kind of landed in this place, was like, I, I feel like the Spirit of God is commissioning a shift here. And I said, commission a shift? I put my hands up in the car, y'all. I said, Lord, commission a shift here too. You know, shoot, shoot. And, 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 and then I just began to pray. I just began to pray. And I began to think about these last two years, right? We have been through it, y'all. You know, from sickness to death in some cases to, uh, for us, we was homeless for a season and then we lost our space in the building lists, I guess, if you will, right? And all this stuff seemed to happen in these last two years, and it felt so bleak at times, right? Yet, in the midst of that, clearly God was at work. In the midst of that, clearly God was doing a thing in us. And for, for, for me personally, what I've begun to experience, even within the last month, right? Even within the last month, uh, the weekend, um, Ken Fish was here. 
I, I, I came, I could only come on Saturday, right? So I came Saturday morning because I'm family. Some of y'all didn't come, but I was up in here, hand, hand, right? And uh, I was here Saturday. And, and that weekend, we had a guest at, at Restoration. So we were, we were uh, uh, receiving from the Lord. And that weekend, a uh, man of God, he was actually a prophet from Ghana that was with us that that weekend after he shared one night I think it might, it might have been that Sunday night or the set one, one of the nights whatever he shared from the word of the Lord and then he just released this impartation impartation had me laid out on the floor I was sitting there shaking violently right y'all ever been to a place where you've had an encounter with the presence of God and it does something in you physically right and so I'm sitting there and I'm shaking violently and then, and then I get up after a while and I can't tell you concretely what the Lord did, but I can tell you what I left with, right? Thereafter, so for the last month, um, so some of y'all may appreciate this, others may not, but I'll share it anyway, who cares? Um, I got the mic, you don't. This is a Paul Guidry thing. I got the mic, you don't, <laughs> right, right? <laughs> this is a Paul Guidry. Paul, since you're watching, uh, you the baby, right? You the baby, y'all all heard him say he the baby, right? right? But guess what, bro, I still got the mic, <laughs> right? But, but one of the things, one of the things that, that uh, when I was coming up in ministry, I grew up in this, how can I put this? Uh, the dispensation of the prophets is dead. One of those churches, a, a cessationist church, right? And, and after a while, after I had my encounter with the Holy Spirit, right? that just didn't fit no more, right? That, 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 I just, just didn't fit, so I had to kind of sort of move on, right? And so I move on, and I get to this church. You know, it was called Kingdom Church at the time, but what's restoration now? And I, and I sat under my pastor, and as I sat under him, I just gleaned a bunch of things from him over the years. And one of the things, first time he invited me to, to, to preach, it was a little sermonette, uh, seven minutes, seven last words, all right, right? And I do the seven last words, and I'm all excited to hear, like, the feedback, like, like how was that? How'd I do, right? And then, and then he was a man of few words, right? And Pastor Twy, you, you'll appreciate this. He goes to me, goes, that was nice, but no oil. Like, talk about bam, right? <laughs> talk about loser, you suck, right? <laughs> but, 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 but I came from this place where I was still learning about the power of the Spirit, right? And then, and then I would remember just coming in and, and just simply serving. And then, you know, I remember coming into his office on a number of Sunday mornings and I'd find him in a corner. And he'd be a corner, he had this little kneeler, and he'd be on the corner in this kneeler just praying in the spirit. And that was preparation, right? And then I would tell him, man, that's how you prepare for a sermon? He's like, yeah. Like, I can't leave up from the place of prayer, the notes and all that stuff, whatever, but I can't leave up from the place of prayer up until I know the spirit's with me. Right. And so there's something about the anointing that comes upon the child of God to do the work of God. 
Amen. There is something about the anointing that enables us when we walk in it to be distinctly different and empowered by the spirit of God. And so fast forward to the end of July. I have this encounter, right? And after this encounter, what happened to me is that physically, I don't feel different, but I continually have this sensation of the anointing upon me via burning hands. Any of y'all ever have burning hands? Right, 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 okay, good, good, good. I'm in the right place, right? So for me, normally, my hands would get hot when it's time to minister, right? That's how I know I'm ready, actually, right? But ever since this encounter, it's continuous. So it's all day, and so now I'm like, so, so I know some of y'all are like, you too, you've got burning hands. Yeah, it's not just you, right? right? So here's the reality, right? So every time it comes, it's an invitation now for deep in prayer. What am I praying about? I don't know, right? <laughs> Sometimes I'm praying and I'll get an inclination to call somebody and I don't know what I'm gonna say. I call them out of obedience and then when I call them, I'll get the words to say, right? Because the anointing upon us is actually an invitation to go deeper into relationship with the Lord. It's not about his power, right? It's about, are we in the place where we're willing to actually hear him and walk with him so that his power can flow through us? So here's what I want to say, Bridge. Bridge, y'all are a house that has received giants in the kingdom. Yet y'all are a house that is still operating at a fraction of the anointing that's here. So here's what I want to say, Bridge. Y'all are operating beneath your birthright. Y'all are operating beneath the power that's here. Y'all are operating far beneath who the Lord's called you to be. So here's what I want to say. There is absolutely a call, an invitation actually, for us to actually begin to flow in and walk in deeper levels of anointing. Bridge, here's my prayer for the bridge that y'all walk around sensing the presence of the Lord continually and you actually respond to the invitation and not just pray, you pray and then do what the Lord says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. So I was sitting in my car on Sunday Right? And I hear this word and I'm boohooing, right? And like I got home and I parked the car in the driveway. I didn't leave the car. I want to be distracted by stuff, right? And I was just there. And the word was over and you know, y'all was having your ministry time and I was having my own time with Jesus in the car, yes. right? And here is what I want to say. Here's what I want to say. And he gave me this, this whole thought 
Like I, I got, I got instructions, and I'm praying that I could, I could do justice to the instructions. But what I was experiencing in that moment, in the car, was this fact that there is just so much more for us to walk in. There's just so much more that the Lord desires to release through us. There's so much more. In the Old Testament times, right, the spirit would descend upon an individual. The anointing would come upon. And as that anointing would come upon an individual, right, you're good, don't worry, it's just water, right? As the anointing would come upon an individual, the individual would be empowered to carry out the work of the Lord, right? You know, folk get anointed and they are empowered and they go do what saith the Lord. In the New Testament era, right, there's not just this premonition where the anointing upon comes, but there's this anointing within, right? And this anointing within, the spirit of the Lord that dwells within us, the same spirit that created the heavens and the earth, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is in you and I, right? And so now here's the reality. It's not just the spirit upon us, right? that flows and operates, right? It's the spirit within us that we have the capacity to allow to flow through us. And so it's almost like this. As you walk and as you talk, you walk and talk with the spirit. And the spirit, that same spirit that created the heavens and the earth is rolling with you. You release something and what you're actually literally potentially releasing is the presence and the power of God. And if we could actually finally fully get a revelation of this thing, my God, would life be different? The Metro West would be different. Not just Natick and Framingham, the whole region would be different. The spirit of the living God lives within us. Wow. There's an invitation, friends, to us today to go deeper. And so, uh, today our text is going to be found in Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel 47 is an interesting text. Uh, If you're familiar with the prophet Ezekiel, this dude had got visions upon visions upon visions upon visions. Surely this dude must have been perceived as crazy and mad. Uh, and, then, and then not only did he get these visions, sometimes the Lord would have him be an object lesson. Right. So he would say, you know, go out there for 390 days. And, and you're just like, huh, what? But it was just the way in which the Lord operated with the prophet Ezekiel. And Ezekiel 47 is one of those progressive visions. And a number, it's really a prophetic parable. That's what Ezekiel 47 is. And it's this invitation for the child of God to go deeper and to go deeper. I wanna just read it and then we're going to unpack it some. Ezekiel 47. 
And I think I'm going to read. Uh, yeah, let's read this one from the Amplified. Praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. 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 All right. Y'all all there. Praise the Lord. Starting in verse one, and we're going to go through verse 12. Then he, my guide, right? He's in his one of these prophetic visions again. Right? Then he, my guide, brought me back to the door of the house, the temple of the Lord. And behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house, under the threshold of the temple, toward the east, for the front of the temple was facing east. So here's the picture, right? There's this water flowing from the temple. And y'all remember from New Testament that we are the temple, right? Right? So water is flowing from the temple out, right? Right, the front was eastward and the water is flowing eastward. So water is coming, flowing from the temple over the threshold out. So it's this picture that water is coming, water, which is always indicative of the spirit of God, right? Water is coming from us, the temple flowing out. Y'all's with me? Praise the Lord. Let's keep reading. Verse number two. Then he brought me out by the way of the north gate, and led me around on the outside to the outer gate by the way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was spurting out from the south side of the gate. Verse number three. When the man went out toward the east with the measuring line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits. And he led me through the water. Water was that was ankle deep. Ankle deep. Again, he measured a thousand cubits from that point. And he led me through the water, and that water was knee deep. Again, he measured a thousand cubits and led me through the water, and the water was reaching the hips or the waist. Verse five, again, he measured a thousand cubits, and it was now a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen enough water to swim in, a river that could not be crossed by wading. Verse number six, and he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river were very, were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then he said to me, these waters go out toward the eastern region and go down into the Arabah, the Jordan Valley. Then they go toward the, the sea being made to flow into the sea and the waters of the Dead Sea shall be healed and become fresh. It will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live. And there will be a very great number of fish because these waters go there so that the waters of the sea are healed and become fresh. So everything will live wherever the river goes. And it will come about that the fishermen will stand beside it at the banks of the Dead Sea from the Engedi to the Enoglame. There will be dry places to spread nets. The fish will be of very many kinds like the fish of the great Mediterranean Sea. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh and wholesome for animal life. They will, as the river subsides, be left encrusted with salt. By the river on its bank, on the one side and on the other, will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They shall bear every month. 
Not every year, every month. Because their water flows from the sanctuary. And their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Man. Man. We see it in this, in this text really preaches itself in a lot of ways, right? What's supposed to happen? Out of the temple of the Most High God is supposed to flow rivers of living water, right? Rivers of living water are supposed to flow up out of our belly, right? And what these rivers of living water do is they bring life and they bring exponential life. They bring growth. They bring harvest. They bring health. They bring healing. So here's the question, Bridge. Are these rivers flowing out of us? And if they're not, why not? Are these rivers flowing out of us? And if they're not, why not? We're going to go back and really unpack this thing a little bit. I want to go back to verse number three. Uh, verse three through verse five really speak about this progression of the anointing. I call it a progression of the anointing. A lot of scholars look at it as this is just an invitation to grow deeper into the Lord, right? But I really believe that it's the spirit of God that the water is representative of. Right, and what we see as the as as Ezekiel is taken out by this guide by the man is that there's this progression, if you will, right? It goes from ankle level to then knee level to then waist level to then swim level, and. I've had the opportunity to, to kind of look at this text in the past, and people say a lot of different things about this. But I feel like the best rendering that I got uh, on this is by a guy named David Oyidepo from Winner's Chapel, Nigeria. Are y'all familiar? Maybe you're not familiar with David Oyidepo. I went and visited Winner's Chapel in 2015. And let me tell you a little bit about Winner's Chapel, y'all. You go to Winner's Chapel, actually, you get to the grounds, and then you see a sign that says, Welcome to Canaan Land. You enter into Canaan Land, and there are all sorts of stores and universities and you name it, and then you kind of drive up to the church. Friends, the church sat 50,000 people. 50,000. They had like offering baskets about this high on wheels that they wheeled around. And here's what's crazy, right? Four services because it was too small. Four services because it was too small. Four services, right? And the overflow outside for people. Uh, this, this past, yesterday, I, I actually... Um, uh, was talking to a Nigerian. I was at this wedding and he was telling me that he goes to Winter's Chapel. And I said, yeah, man, when I went, oh my gosh, whoa, right? He said, we're actually building a 100,000 seat one now. They're calling that one Noah's Ark. <laughs> Look this stuff up. 
right? Here's the reality. There is something happening, right, in the earth that it feels like a lot of us here, we only get a snip of. There's revival breaking loose. There's an outpouring manifestation of the supernatural power of God in all these places. Yet I contend it's because there's this deepened pursuit of God where people are actually seeking him for real, for real. It's not about seeking him because, because you know, I, I've got this need. No, it's about seeking him because it's him. There's a hunger and a thirst for him. So I was there and I was like, oh my gosh, whoa. I was in Canaan land and all I could say is, oh my gosh. And so I picked up some books and I picked up this book, Understanding the Anointing. And I've reread this thing and reread this thing. And I want to talk about how he describes this, this particular uh, Ezekiel passage. Ankle level anointing. Ankle level anointing, he likens to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's this initial receipt of power. Y'all remember the disciples after the ascension were waiting in the upper room and Jesus said, don't go nowhere. Acts chapter one and eight, right? You will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, right? So it's this initial level of power, ankle level. Then he keeps going, right? And then this next level of anointing is the knee level, right? In verse number four of Ezekiel 47, I believe it is, right? This knee level, right? So this initial level, uh, Oyedipo likens to just power, that initial power. You will receive power. Acts chapter 2, this power comes, right, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people get saved, right? Spirit upon, right? Next level, me level, you go from power to great power. Acts chapter 4, verse 33 says this, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord. Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. At the baptism in Acts 2, the apostles were filled with the Spirit, but later in Acts 4, they were filled again, this time with great power. And it's a picture of this progression. You stay in the presence of the Lord and you seek His face. There's this progression that's supposed to come. We're supposed to go not to this place of stagnation because the truth is, friends, I don't know if you know this, but you can't ever stay at the same spot. If you feel you're staying at the same spot, you're actually going backwards. Right? Because the world's still moving and you standing still. You're going backwards, homie. There's supposed to be, however, this progression. Right? And as there's this progression, right, you go, to, you go from ankle level to knee level. Right, And what brings about this progression? Same chapter 4, if we look at Acts chapter 4, uh, verse 31, we actually see how this comes about. Acts 4, 31. Yeah. Okay. 
And it reads again, I'm reading in the Amplified. And when they had prayed, the place where they were meeting together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness and courage. You, grow, you go from that ankle level to that knee level as you commit to being a people of prayer. As you commit to praying. They prayed, they prayed, and they so prayed, the place where they were shook. There was a tangible manifestation of the presence of God. Palpable. It wasn't just talked about, it was real, it was felt. There was more, and there was this hunger and this pursuit for this more, and it landed with folks being at the feet of the Lord. I wanna backtrack again. So when uh, this, this prophet came from Ghana, uh, when he came, I picked him up at the airport and it was like nine in the morning. And I was like, man of God, would you like some breakfast? He was like, no, sir, I'm on assignment. I said, okay, praise the Lord. Uh, and then I drop him off and he goes into the hotel and he's just praying. He's just praying. Prophet Verna, all the brother did was pray, right? I call him at one o'clock to check on him. He's still praying. He's still praying. He's still praying. And I could tell I'm disturbing him. And I said, I'm sorry, prophet. I send someone over at three o'clock with a meal for him. He's still praying. He's still praying, right? And then the, the guy who I sent over, he's like, man, I, I felt so bad disturbing the man of God. I could hear prayer. I could feel prayer at the door. We sent the guy to pick him up at 6.30 before service. He was still praying. He didn't eat the food that was brought for him. It got left to the side. And then he came, y'all, right? And I never seen ministry like this before in my life. I never seen it. This brother, this prophet was calling out people's names. He was calling out people's names online. He was calling out people's phone numbers, right? He was calling out people's family members, right? And he was simply declaring and releasing what saith the Lord. There was this incredible uh, uh, revelation, words of knowledge that, 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 you know, he had as a gifting and then and a, a, a power to then break things, right? I never seen it. But I left there feeling like I never seen it because I never pursued it. I don't know if y'all are here with me, Bridge. but I'm really trying to let this sit. I'm really trying to let this marinate because here's the point. There's incredible capacity and power and gifting and anointing here. Don't y'all know who you are? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. And here's the point. The Lord desires for us to go from ankle level and go beyond that and go from knee level and go beyond that 
and then and then go from waist level and then even go beyond that Y'all ever wonder why we hear these stories of these great men and women of God who do these great exploits and ever think about, man, that's crazy how in the world the Lord used them like that. And, and why is it that the Lord can't use us in a similar way? Yeah. What are they doing that we didn't do? What they do that we missed? And what's keeping us from actually pursuing God in that way? Man, I actually feel at the bridge, y'all have a prayer ministry that I believe is an apostolic prayer ministry. A prayer ministry that's supposed to teach other churches how to pray and how to war. And I'm praying that you're hearing the heart of God because that's who you are. I feel like every time I come, I'm telling y'all about who y'all are. <laughs> I feel like every time I come, I'm telling y'all that y'all are an apostolic center, not just a church. And maybe that's my assignment, right? Maybe I'm simply supposed to remind you that y'all are the bridge, man. There's a bridge, y'all. So let's get back to this. Let's get back to this. So ankle level baptism of the Holy Ghost, the power realm. Knee level is great power realm, right? And I want to kind of share the story. So I remember I had been really kind of new and or, or younger in the ministry and, and I had gotten this invitation to go minister in Haiti, right? And I go, and I'm getting ready to go to Haiti, and I felt led to do a three-day fast. But this three-day fast was me locked in a room three-day fast. There's a difference. Amen. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Right? There's a difference when you ain't got no distractions, you ain't got no phone, you ain't got no nagging children, praise the Lord, right? And it's you, and it's you in a room with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Right? So, so I'm locked, I'm locked in a room for three days, me and Jesus. And family, I left out of there high on Jesus. I felt like I was walking on a cloud, y'all. Right? And so I get to this place and I get there to minister. And then, and then the reason I felt compelled, I, I, I really feel like the Lord was preparing me for what I was going to encounter. And I get there to minister. And then the minute I stand up to minister, this demonic manifestation happens right to my right. Right? And this demonic manifestation is taking place as I'm standing and ministering. And then I just look at it and I'm like, in the name of Jesus, get up out of here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then I didn't even look at it no more. Yeah. Right? I didn't even look at it. Who cares about this distraction? Right? And, and then I, I kind of go on and I'm ministering. And then I look over and that thing was gone for real. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this realization, it was this realization that there was real preparation and that preparation empowered us to go forth and do ministry. It was, it was, we went from ankle level to knee level, y'all. This great power, right? 
we looked at in verse 31 of Acts chapter four. It comes with prayer, right? It comes with prayer and that prayer literally shakes the ground and releases great power, great power. Now, let's keep going. Uh, the Ezekiel 47 text continues, right? And you go from ankle level to knee level to waist level, right? In waist level, you go from great power to exceeding great power. Waist level anointing is exceeding the exceeding great power realm. And the way in which you actually begin to walk in this it's when you've come to this place and this realization that the Lord's called me to seek after him and I'm seeking after him. And as you're seeking after him, all of a sudden you begin to see things and hear things and experience things. And the word of the Lord begins to be enlightened to you. Ephesians 1 and 18 through 20. Uh, you may be familiar with this. Paul is praying for the Ephesians and he prays these two prayers, one in Ephesians 1 and one in Ephesians 3. But verse number 18 uh, is part of Paul's prayer here for the Ephesians and it reads as follows. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The eyes, right, of your heart. Y'all see that? Right? So that you might be able to see with your heart, which is fascinating, right? That the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, right? And we could just stop there. It's this picture that as you're enlightened by the spirit of the Lord, you begin to be able to see some mysteries of the things of God. You begin to walk with him in a way that you're now experiencing tangibly what it is the Lord desires for you to experience and walk in, what it is you, the Lord desires for you to do in this time, in this space, in this place. It's going from one level to the next level, right? And, and the only way we can get there is as we seek the face of the Lord and we begin to experience really spiritual illumination, enlightenment. I'm not sure y'all are familiar with uh, this work, The Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin. Yeah. Any of y'all familiar with that book? Yeah. That work? It's Hagin's classic work, I feel. Classic work, right? In this book, he describes his journey, right? And as he's describing his journey, he talks about how started off in ministry and kind of went through ministry, grew a little bit in ministry, and then he found these prayers in Ephesians, right? And then he found himself praying these prayers repeatedly, day after day after day, multiple times a day, praying, you know, Ephesians 1 and 18. Pray that, you know, the eyes of my heart might be enlightened, right? That you might grant me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. He's praying Ephesians 1, right? And as he's praying and praying and praying, seeking the face of the Lord, right? He's going from this great realm, right? This great power realm to exceedingly great power, right? He describes right at the beginning of, of this book, all of a sudden, it was as if something clicked in him. And all of a sudden, he recognized and realized the type of authority that he had in Christ. And 
as he prayed and as he began to see God's word from this enlightened place, this revelatory place, he went from one dimension of ministry, one level, if you will, to the next. And all of a sudden, his ministry began to be marked with signs and wonders. All of a sudden, healings came forth, right? All of a sudden, miracles came forth, and things just broke forth. Why? Because prayer and that pursuit of the Father and that pursuit of the Father met enlightenment. There's something that I want you to hear loud and clear here today. As you seek the face of the Lord earnestly, for real, for real, your eyes are gonna be opened. You're gonna begin to see things that are happening in the spirit realm that you don't even have language for. You don't have language for. You're gonna begin to be able to walk with God in ways that are unimaginable to you, man. And here's the heart of it. The heart of it is this. Are you willing to seek him? To actually experience the depths that he desires for you to walk in? I was thinking about this, this uh, 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 commissioned shift upon the bridge last week, right? I was thinking about that. I was like, oh yeah, praise the Lord. There's a shift happening, woo woo, right? But are we willing to do what it takes to walk in the shift? Are we willing to do what it takes to walk in this ship? Oh, my friends. We're in a season of an invitation. This is an invitation from the Lord to go deeper. This is an invitation from the Lord to go deeper. And then verse five of Ezekiel chapter 47 talks about this last level. He went from ankle to knee to waist, and then it was a swim level. Swim level. Swim level. Swim level. Ankle level anointing was the power realm, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Knee level was great power realm. And great power comes with great prayer. All right? Waist level was exceedingly great power, marked by enlightenment. Right? Exceedingly great power. And now we're at this swim level anointing. And the swim level anointing is in the immeasurable anointing realm. The immeasurable anointing realm. Few reach what I'm about to attempt to describe here as what we're talking about is an overflowing unction that's without measure. The level that Jesus operated in and frankly the level of anointing where the believer could be said to be experiencing, truly experiencing heaven on earth. That is nothing is impossible to him. Oppositions are crushed at his wake. Demons are tormented by his looks alone just as it was with Jesus. I want to read this quote directly from Oyedipo's book here. The church of Jesus is leaving behind the beggarly realm of life where she has been in obscurity and is moving on to the limelight. Those who know their worth will soar like eagles as they walk in this immeasurable anointing realm. 
there is this realm where we come to understand and experience that we operate from heaven and we operate from heaven's full arsenal. We're not here on our own. The depth of insight and revelation that we walk in as a result when we're at this base is simply akin to being with hand in hand the Lord. And there's this intimacy that's indescribable. I don't know if you've ever read, I, well, I don't know why I'm quoting so many books today, but in, in, in uh, this one is Good Morning Holy Spirit. Y'all ever read Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn? At the beginning of Good Morning Holy Spirit, Benny Hinn talks about his Catherine Kuhlman experience. Y'all remember that? Right? Okay. In this, right, he describes this crazy scene with this crazy woman and all these people lined up outside the door to get into church. And the minute they get into church, there's this palpable electricity, right? That's flowing from the place. And then, and then, and then Catherine Coleman comes up, right? And as Catherine Coleman comes up, right? Uh, uh, she doesn't do much, right? But the power of God is present. And then in the middle of service, she stops and she screams. She stops and she screams. Y'all remember this? She stops and she screams and she says, don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. Could you imagine, you know, I'm preaching a sermon or, or Paul, well, yeah, Paul could do this because y'all could see Paul doing this, right? right? But, but could you imagine someone preaching in the middle of their message, right? And then they just stop and then they scream, don't hurt him. Right? And then he's sitting there, Benny Hinn's describing this scene and he's sitting there looking around. And he's like, hurt who? What's she talking about? Right? right? And, it, and it's ultimately, don't hurt the Holy Spirit. Because when you're at this place, when you're walking in this level of intimacy with the Lord, all you want is to foster that intimacy with the Lord. All you want is to be in the presence of the Lord. All you desire is to ensure that that intimacy is nurtured. And you flow from that place. That place is where you live. Friends, I'm going to be honest. I ain't there. But it requires the same thing. All of this requires the same thing. And I really want to ask, are you really seeking the Lord for real, for real? What's your seek like? Is it this idea and this pursuit of God that whatever comes my way, I don't care. I've got to have him. I've got to find him and I've got to grow deeper with him. Is that your pursuit of God? Is that how we seek after him? It's interesting. The Lord anoints men and women. Men and women don't fully operate in the gifting and the anointing that's within them, upon them. But I, I feel like it's important 
to share this cautionary piece. And then we'll close out. I know I'm out of time. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Greta, Greta, Greta be getting in trouble. So, 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 I, I got this, uh, you know, readers are leaders and leaders are readers. So I read a lot. Fred will tell you too much sometimes because I got books everywhere, but it is what it is. But, you know, and I read a bunch of books at the same time. It's kind of crazy too, right? But it is what it is. So I'm currently reading a book called A Tale of Three Kings. Gene Edwards. Gene Edwards, yes. So, so ah, this is, this is, there's some scholars here. Praise the Lord. And so, so the premise of that book, for those who aren't familiar with it, is it's, it's A Tale of Three Kings, the study, a study in brokenness. It's about the power of brokenness in the life of a believer. And the three kings that it looks at, it compares the life of King Saul, King David, and Absalom. Right? Uh, and so it's an incredibly, so, and it's not like this historical read where you're kind of going through it. It's really more, uh, I'd say, kind of commentary about the journey and the power of brokenness. And it kind of almost utilizes these, these three kings as backdrop. Profound read, profound read, and short. So if you are, you know, profound read. It's really intended to be read like, you know, one chapter at a time and then you're really reflecting on it. You're really chewing on it, right? But this one point of caution that I want to share with you comes from it. And I'm going to read it verbatim. This is from chapter 15. What does the world need? Gifted men outwardly empowered or broken men inwardly transformed? Keep in mind that some of the men who have been given the very power of God have raised armies, defeated the enemy, brought forth mighty works of God, preached and prophesied with unparalleled power and excellence, and thrown spears, and hated other men, and attacked other men, and plotted to kill, and prophesied naked, and even consulted witches. At the end of the day, we have this incredible invitation to experience the power of God tangibly, palpably. Yet make no mistake, what God wants isn't some mighty soldier for him that isn't transformed first by him. So here's what today is ultimately about. I believe that the anointing of God is for you and I to experience in deepening and deepening measures as we seek after the Lord. But this is ultimately not about being a spiritual superhero. This is ultimately about being 
transformed into his likeness so that we could then be used to his glory in power and might. So if you're here today, I want to invite you to just bow your heads, close your eyes. And I want to invite you to really answer this question. Am I really seeking the Lord for real? The lover of your soul desires to empower you and propel you. Yet it starts with first a desire and a willingness to accept first and foremost that apart from him, you can do no good thing. It first starts with a surrender. And that surrender then propels, ought to grow from a surrender to then a seeking after. Many of us in this room are at this ankle level space or maybe the knee level space. But everyone has an opportunity to grow from where they are to this next realm of the anointing of God. But it's conditional. The condition is based upon your own seek. Are you willing to seek after him for real, for real? Come what may, I will seek. Come what may, I will pursue. Come what may, I will go after. This whole idea of praying isn't a chore, it becomes life. It becomes continuous, continual. Again, that's the invitation. Are you willing to accept the invitation? And then are you willing to do the hard work required to be a man or a woman of God that is humbly place themselves at the altar of the Lord so that the Lord might purify them and purify them and purge out of them what it is that's in them that might at times hinder a more intimate walk with the Father. If you're here today and you desire you desire to grow deeper into your relationship with the Lord, deeper into this next realm of the Spirit of God's power upon you, this next realm of the anointing. What I'm going to invite you to do is to just stand and we are going to pray. 
And what I'm going to invite you to do is to pray. I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer of seeking after the Lord because there's a recognition that he is all you got. He's all you've got. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Oh Jesus, we recognize, Lord, that apart from you, apart from you, we can do no good thing. And Lord, you're calling us into deepened levels of you, the deepened levels of your anointing, Father God. Yet, Lord, dear Father God, our prayer and our realization on today, dear Father, is that we oftentimes, dear Father God, allow the distractions of the world, the cares of this world, dear Father God, and all this other stuff to hinder us from actually pursuing the thing that matters, the, the pursuing you and you with everything in us. Oh Lord, might we be a people, dear Father God, a people who pursue you with reckless abandon. Might we be a people, God, a people who recognize that the primary thing, the priority, the most important thing is simply seeking after you. Father God, there are all these things that always come up against us, but Lord, may we actually be a people who learn to fix our eyes upon you. Oh Jesus, as we come before you, we recognize, Lord, that we, we, we are up against a very real enemy, but that real enemy, dear Father God, isn't just about the devil. It's oftentimes starts with us not being fully surrendered, not being fully, fully, fully on the altar, dear Father God, given over to these habits, dear Father God, of our flesh. Lord, may we be a people that crucify the flesh and seek you with reckless abandon. May we be a people, Father God, who recognize, dear Lord, that the only thing that matters is you and you alone, Lord. Father, may we be a people who go from ankle to knee and then go from knee to waist and go from waist to full submersion to swim. May we be who you've called us to be, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus. this hour more than ever see our hearts see our deep in surrender and as we surrender in you and seek you with reckless abandon and we be a people who encounter you fresh new encounters like never before listening to this message from the Bridge Metro West in Natick, Massachusetts. Paul David Gidgery is the senior pastor at the Bridge. For more information about the Bridge Metro West family, our gatherings and events, 
visit www.bridgemetrowest.com or call us at 508-651-0277.